Hello and welcome back to another exciting episode of Tabletop Theater. Last time, our heroes had just robbed the train, merely escaping with their lives in a climactic explosion. However, the cargo the train carried seemed to be much more important than was led to believe. An agent sent by the mysterious anti-faith group known as the Heenan made a reappearance and was barely thwarted thanks to the Nightingale Watch. However, with the promises of answers at the end of the job, it seems the party has more questions than ever. Mysteries revealed, a grand conspiracy, and the bonds of family. We come upon the party as they have just entered the Zeppelin, which has been carrying them up, and their precious cargo, stolen from the train. You arrive in a storage hole aboard the Zeppelin, and are quickly moved into a larger, more ornate room. The room is itself almost indistinguishable from the manor of Arthur Winster that you saw before. On the walls, there's fine mahogany molding, there's nice velvet curtains, there's even some of the Many things that he collects on the walls, strange doodads, thingamajigs, whoosabawatsits. Whoosabawatsits. Yes. Strange objects from another time, animals that he's collected, skeletons of long-dead beasts, all ordain this sort of almost museum-like area of this zeppelin. And Arthur himself is there, but he is also joined by someone you may recognize. A short dwarf with a hand... Singular. Two hands or one? Let me get that count. Well, a normal hand and another. Yeah, I know. Okay, we see one. One. Yeah. There's one normal hand and, and one prosthetic hand. What is it made of? Wood. Just a fairly rudimentary prosthetic. And this this dwarf, who you recognize immediately as Robin, who gives you a cheery wave. Robin, dearie. With the prosthetic or with the <laughs> stuff. With the prosthetic to show off the new arm. Okay. Doesn't seem like it's anything fancy, just more like a thing to hide the fact that she's missing an arm. Not very well. No, not particularly. Robin, dearie! And I uh, I fly over to her and wrap my arms around her. Oh, it's such a delight to see you. Robin accepts your embrace and says, Hey, yeah, it's good to see you too. Uh, it, it, all right, all right, all right, Lola. So this is enough. I get it. It's good to see you too. You keeping these boys in line? They get into trouble again. Shosh is going to uh, very rudely walk right past Robin and up to Arthur uh, and uh, get very up in his face uh, and say, next time we rob holy figures, I'd like to know. (laughs) I thought you were okay with this job. I'm sorry. This might have caused a difficulty for you. My apologies. I'll be more forthcoming in the future. But excuse me for this one time. I think you will be interested with what I have to say. The payment, of course, for a job well done. I, of course, agreed to answer your questions. Robin, dearie, what are you ever... What are you doing here with Lord Winster? Well, uh, I was looking for you guys. I found something that I... uh, When I was going through, uh... She kind of looks down and says, Sigrid's old things. I found this uh, letter. It was... From the queen. I, he was inviting us to go see her. I thought maybe it would, maybe he'd be there and 
It, it was a lead. I don't know. It seemed pretty... Uh, she hands you the letter to read. Is Drifter's son here? Yes. Okay. We're just hanging out. Just hanging out. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, who's the... Uh, Who's the young-looking guy? Looks kind of like who's the who's the who's the drifter clone over there? Where are my where are my manners? Uh, uh, Robin, this is Armando. Armando, this is Robin. Pleasure to meet you, ma'am. Don't ma'am me. She says. <laughs> um. Uh, so we're gonna ask Arthur any questions? Yes. I yeah. I yeah. I ask him. I you probably know. have a lot of questions. I do. Just waiting. I can start with a non-question. <laughs> no. So this this casket that I'm sorry. Who have we stolen? Mercy. Mercy. That's what I thought. This this casket that Mercy's in is this like? Help me envision this. I'm in, I'm envisioning. Have you ever seen the movie Atlantis? I have seen the movie. Atlantis. Do you remember the part near the end where like they're taking the uh, like crystallized version of the woman? Yes. It's like that thing. It's like that. So it's so this is is more of a transparent all-around object no it's made of steel it's made of steel with a a, small window with a window okay all right um i mean you haven't confirmed it's like an angel it just looks like an angel it just looks like an angel so chosh will just gesture towards the the container and say is this who i think it is that depends on who you think it is really i'm not quite sure if you do know who it is you know who i think it is i think it's mercy well then you'd be right is that your one of your many questions that so, have been really burning a hole in you? So why are we capturing holy figures? Well, isn't that the question to ask? Always oh, keen you are, Drifter. I saw that in you the first time I met you. You said you would be more forthcoming. I apologize. Well, you see, the angels themselves are somewhat of a fascination of myself. I suppose one is just interested in sort of beings that are have been around just as long as I have. What are you planning to do with this one? Well, the first thing we'll have to do is acquire some faith. As you might have noticed, he appears to be unconscious. In order to resurrect him, we'll just need a little bit of faith. We'll have to probably procure that in another unsavory manner, I imagine. And then once we do resurrect Mercy, I have many questions that I wish to ask him. Lord Winster, um, excuse me, I don't believe I'm quite so knowledgeable in this subject, but... How does one precisely acquire tangible faith? How, how will we do that? One, someone just believe in the angel, and by that means he is revived? In a manner of speaking, but it's a little bit more tangible than that. I believe you've in fact witnessed the process firsthand. I think you know who has all of the faith. We'll just be borrowing some of their spare. Oh, you mean by smoking them? The vapor of some sort? At least that, by my knowledge, is what I have witnessed. But The process is correct, but the acquiring of the faith itself is the issue at hand. And there's only one place that has any faith these days. The angels, of course. But I get ahead of myself. You have, I'm sure, many other questions. We'll talk about our future jobs in a moment. Please, I'm happy to answer anything that I can. I turned back to Robin. So you actually didn't actually, you didn't really answer my question. Why are you here? You just handed me a letter. <laughs> why, are, why is she here right now? Why is she here right now? Yes. Well, she's my guest at the moment. When she came by, I, she was out looking for you. When she came by, I invited her aboard the airship as a member of the Nightingale Watch. I thought it was only fitting that she be a part of this. How do you know so much about us? 
Oh, I have have quite a keen interest in the exploits of your group for quite some time. I uh, bring up my fan and cautiously start fanning myself warily. He smiles. Chosh will uh, move towards the, uh, I'm not sure what to call it, the casket, and um, sort of put his sword, again, very rudely, like into the floor, this nice, beautiful floor, (laughs) and say, this fine mahogany floor, and say, this fine mahogany floor, and say, (laughs) I noticed this fine floor, what what is mahogany? (laughs) Ooh, mahogany. Whoa, is that a chair? (laughs) A metal chair? What's it doing? How many of those? How curious. Good idea, Flynn. Chosh will put his sword in the fine wooden floor and uh, very rudely and say, there's only one person on this airship qualified to guard someone so important and just kind of stand unmoving unless anyone comes up and tries to bother him. Sure. Definitely not. Was this really all the questions you had? I'm surprised. I thought you wanted to hear more. I, of course, also agreed to help you locate your wayward former leader, Siegfried. As soon as we return to the capital, I'll send out word to some of my men to begin looking for him. We have a good sense of what he looks like. I'm sure we'll be able to find him fairly quickly. I think upon hearing Siegfried's name, Lola looks down and and says, We needn't be searching for him now. He's long gone. He's abandoned us all. Regardless, I'll uphold my end of the deal, should you change your mind. Somebody needs to stop him. I agree. I, I do want to ask about Eden 5. Oh, what, what, what about? What are the Eden projects? Well, you're in luck. I am frankly one of the few people qualified to even speak on the subject, having been in one. When? Where? Well, I can't speak for the certainty of what happened at Eden 5. I can speak for the certainty of what happened at Eden 3. Do I know from my knowledge of the map exactly where that is? Sure, you know where Eden 3 was. Where was it? Eden 3 is in the middle of Chimera, and it's near one of the busiest, most populous cities. Yes, I was there. It was some time ago, the Eden Projects. Our bunker, Eden 3, was the largest of all of the Eden Projects, filled to the brim with many people, mostly those of no means at all. Unfortunately, due to this, it had many issues, forcing us to leave the bunker. Those that left... Well, they changed to what you know today as the halflings, the elves, the half-elves, all that. They were all once human, like me. As he pulls off a ring, you see his appearance visually change. He's no longer a dark elf at all. His skin begins to wilt away. He has a grayish, bluish, sickly skin. It's so hollow, it looks as if he hasn't eaten for years on end. In parts, you can see the bones in his face. His eyes turn pale and almost sightless. His hair, once beautifully white, is now but wisps on his head. He's a ghastly sight. He says, this is my true form. I'm sure your faith isn't particularly fond of beings like me. Liches, but it has its uses. I suppose I have an interest in other immortals like myself, and that is why I asked you on this quest. You see, I have been there. I survived the great fires of the cataclysm, and I bear witness to the world that was remade afterwards, and I do not buy into that world. There's one thing for sure. Before the cataclysm, there was no gods. There were no angels. And certainly afterwards, 
There was not but fire. Chosh is shaking with rage, but will not speak. I'm absolutely horrified. The other Eden projects. Victor's kind of just shrugging. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, Whatever. Basically a god before you. All right. I got one more question. What are your intentions here? Is this noble or personal? My intentions are as they always were. To help the former inhabitants of Eden 3, those that became the folks you know now. I've done my best. Brought the knowledge of the ancients. I brought guns back. I helped reintroduce electricity. All these things. To help the people. What were you before the Eden Projects, Lord Winster? Were a human? What were your ambitions then? Have you lost all sight of that? I was human once. Who I was back then, frankly, doesn't matter. Hundreds of years ago, a man changes. You're no longer a man. I suppose you're right. Well, you see, it's all linked now, isn't it? I'm sure you're well aware, Lola, the location of Eden 1 is dead center in the Golden City. You don't think that is peculiar? I'm rather annoyed yeah, that me he... a little bit. <laughs> well, it... as I was jotting down those locations in Eden 5, I was concerned. Yes. Yes, Lord Winster, I was. But what does it mean? All I know is that before the cataclysm, there were no elves, halflings, and there were no angels. When Eden 3 opened up, there were. I don't think it's a unfair assumption that when Eden 1 opened up, that there became angels. Or at least those claiming to be. Alright, we'll play your game. What's the next step? Well, the next move would be to acquire some more faith. I believe we have just the man for the job. Uh, Robin interjects at this point, and she says, Hey, um, look, I, I know you haven't read the letter yet, but the, uh, it seemed like Queen Judith was pretty uh, intent, almost worried. She was really asking for uh, the Nightingale Watch when she sent that letter. All right, can you, can you give us a second to talk with our my compatriots here? Of course. It's the least I can do after you've done such a fine job here. Take all the time you need. He steps out. All right, Robin. What have you learned? Well, uh, the letter, it seemed like Queen Judith was, uh, was, I mean, it was originally addressed to Siegfried, but, I mean, it says the Nightingale Watch. It seemed like she was fearful of something, almost for her life. Robin, you know that the Nightingale Watch, as it was, no longer exists. It, it can never exist in the same way, but, but maybe we can help her. She is the queen, after all. What um, do you make about this, Arthur? Look, I mean, I don't really make heads or tails of this whole, you know, Josh religion fiasco. I'm not, I'm not going to get my two cents involved on that horrible debate. But, um, you know, we made a, when we made this company, you know, we, we agreed that we would help people when they asked. I think it'd be, uh, Service to the uh, founding idea to not help her. Drifter, Josh, I know what 
Lord Windsor said was also intriguing and exciting, but I think we should at least do Queen Judith the service of reading her request. I know the Nightingale Watch will never be exactly what it was, but maybe we should see what we can do to help her. And so I, I read the letter. And what does it generally say? The letter comes off as her believing that there is a plot to oust her from government. Like, assassinate her? Possibly. My queen, the queen of my homeland, is in grave danger. If we don't help her now, she may die. I'd normally want to join Arthur on his quest. I like where he's going. But Siegfried brought us together, and while his reasoning may have been wrong, together we could do some good in this world. Hmm. Will she even want this shell of the Nightingale Watch? It's all she has. I think every time Lola hears, just, just for the listener's sake, Every time Lola hears the name Siegfried, she kind of winces, looks pained. Well, if it's any consolation, uh, I'm coming too, guys. Hmm. Robin says. We wouldn't do it without you. It is quite the comfort, my dear. Oh, it's so good to have you back. And I give her another hug. It's good to be back. <laughs> but we can't leave this. And Chosh will gesture towards Mercy. Arthur comes back in, and he says, Well, I think I've given you enough time. Have you uh, decided on what you'll be doing next? I think I speak on behalf of the group that we decided we're going to hear Queen Judith's summons and see if we can help her. Yes, Lord Winster. It, it seems that it's quite urgent. However, we would like to aid you in your quest to gain faith for mercy. Well, I can't say that I'm not disappointed, but I understand, of course. I'll help you. It's the least I can do. I'll drop you off at the capital of Chimera, post-haste. And then I will return to the Golden City. I'll arrange transport for you to return as well. That is very kind. Thank you, Lord Winster. Of course. It's the least I can do. I understand that. I don't have a monopoly over your time. I'll do what I can. Actually, <laughs> actually, Lord, Lord Winster, please keep in that stutter. <laughs> if you would be so generous, perhaps you could let me watch over this individual and Chosh will gesture towards the uh, casket containing Mercy. Roll a persuasion check. I will. Charisma is actually like one of the only things Chosh is With disadvantage. Excuse me. He doesn't want this. Yeah, well, I want it. I understand that. 20! 20! But I don't get to It's a good thing Jacob referenced with disadvantage Uh. (laughs) because Jacob was in hot water then. An 18! It's an 18 plus 3 is 21. (laughs) Alright, alright, alright. 
Sir Arthur moves incredibly quickly, getting right up into your face, almost in a flash. And he speaks very close to your ear, and he says, I have waited countless lifetimes for this moment. What makes you think I would want to give this to you? With all due respect, Lord Arthur, who do you think is more likely to get searched when the angel goes missing? The dutiful paladin or the lich? You make a fair point. Fine. Fine. Very well, you may retain possession of mercy for the time being only. I will arrange safe transport for you and your party back, and with mercy. Chosh will put his hand out to meet Lord uh, Winster's uh, and, uh, and say, you'll have mercy back on my pride as a human. He reaches out yeah. tentatively, grabs your hand with his rotted flesh, Ugh. gives it a shake. Yeah. Retreats his hand. He says, for a second there, I thought you were going to cast divine magic on me. <laughs> Very well. You've earned my trust in this job. I see no reason not to extend that courtesy. Please. We'll set course for Chimera immediately. Thank you, Lord Winster. It is very magnanimous of you, and I curtsy deeply to this handsome lich. How deeply is this curtsy? <laughs> it's very deep. <laughs> I, uh, my metatarsals are at full... Um, Excuse bend. my ignorance. What is a metatarsal? <laughs> uh, they are spider legs. Okay. Oh, man. <laughs> I think. Oh no, I'm gonna sound like a dumb fuck if I don't. Know <laughs> That's two. All right, all right, all right. People need to remember I'm a spider. Everybody knows you're a spider. <laughs> so hard to I cannot forget. <laughs> I absolutely Drop. don't need to remember. <laughs> I drink to forget. <laughs> <laughs> the zeppelin takes you to the capital of Chimera, Wolvenshire, where you disembark and make your way to Queen Judith's palace. You finally disembarked. We're going to turn now to Drifter and Armando. Well, thanks for your help back there. Well, uh, I suppose, uh, can't be all bad if you didn't shoot me. You know I'd never do that. He doesn't respond to that. I'm sorry I was never there for you. You deserve a better father than you got. I suppose we all do. We don't get to pick who's our family. We do get to pick who stays around. I can't forgive you for what you did. But if there was a way, I'd suppose this is the first steps for it. You've been away so long. I have my own life, Dad. And I'm proud of the man you've become. I haven't done much good since, well, since ever, really. But I finally found somewhere where I think I belong. Just sorry to see that it's not with me. I know you'll do great things, son. We've never had someone so good in our family. Uh, Drifter will reach down into his boot and pull out a beautifully ornate knife. And he'll kind of do a twirl in his hand and hand it off to his son. 
this knife belonged to my father. And his father. And his father. Suppose we have a history of bad fathers. Maybe you'll be the one to break that. Who knows? But you deserve to have this. Get your hands, Ar- Armando, the ornate knife. He silently accepts it. Take care, son. He smiles. He nods. And he leaves with the tip of his hat. again for episode 16, The Last Queen of Chimera. Hey, it's funny because we're the ones robbing. <laughs> <laughs> That was a good session. That was a good session. You know, I thought it'd be more hand jokes, but like, I guess that's I guess that's where we're going. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I like that yeah, direction. Okay. Uh, um, that was good.